Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Hey, it is Dom time. Good Tuesday. Welcome in, everyone. 855-839-1210. You get on board. So uh, as we look at things presidentially, here comes the latest salvo. And I, I just don't know why the other side can't see this is not going to work. I don't know what would change it. And Iowa's the proof that I would offer evangelical voters and President Trump. I'll tell you the latest what the other side's trying for the general election. But in 2016, you may recall, President Trump lost Iowa to Ted Cruz. I'd have to go back and look, but I think it's about the only major situation there in which he lost or was even close with Ted Cruz. Since then, though, evangelicals have become self-described even more of a force connected to President Trump. So um, the granddaddy of the liberal side of evangelicals, Jim Wallace, I've had him on the show. He gets, gets heated almost instantly. The Christian evangelical pastor <laughs> who is the uh, a VIP in liberal political surfaces has a new book coming out called The False White Gospel, rejecting, this is a long title, boy, Jim, rejecting Christian nationalism, reclaiming true faith, and refounding democracy. The book is time to stir up acrimony and resentment among evangelicals heading into the 2024 election. The false white gospel is a sermon aimed at what he calls the amen corner of the left, considers a former President Trump Donald Trump and his followers, evil. The problem they see with him is they need to be exercised, so to speak, or at least those that can still have the ability to function under this Trump cult uh, will have to uh, be outed by this. Now, this guy has been one of the most prominent religious figures over the years. Instead of going back now and trying with the real hardcore evangelical Trump supporters to say to them, surely you jest. You know, the three marriages, some of the comments he makes routinely, the guy is a walking antichrist. In fact, in part of a book review or part of the pitching of the book, they do say that Trump is now the antichrist. And this is like Damon, they don't say it, I am saying it in the omen or something on an adult level. This has been proven again and again and again not to be effective. And as I look at uh, the DeSantis campaign, two things seem to be obvious, and I think he could quit after Iowa. One, DeSantis was slightly ahead in the early going as we started to talk presidential campaign this time around of Trump and the indictments and the just all-out force so obviously in so many different ways that we're still seeing novel attempts to do this, like 
the Secretary of State now in Maine, the uh, court in Colorado, keep him off the ballot. And every day there's another spin of something to try to prevent this. That helped to propel Trump's forward. In addition to that, DeSantis is um, somebody who gets things done but does not exactly provoke excitement at all on the campaign trail. And I know that shouldn't be the necessarily the criteria, but it is a large part of the deal. We've seen this again and again. Someone like Obama provoked excitement. There was something different. There was history. Trump certainly had a different thing. It was a movement, not just another grimy political uh, calculation. And DeSantis just doesn't have that. You put those two things together, and I just think DeSantis is a guy who does get things done, things that we would agree with a lot, and doesn't forget stuff and would make a real difference. But that's not what people want now for the two reasons I put forward. And evangelicals are among them. I'd love to hear from you if you're a self-described evangelical of any sort. The vote that's going to be interesting, and there is an angle for Trump there, if he just calms down and drills down on this more rather than just running past it many times at rallies, etc., are Catholic voters. And specifically drawing out what Biden and the Department of Justice have done to people like Mark Houck, but in general, people that were conservative Catholics, and rousing them as an issue. On the abortion issue, I think Trump is perfectly situated as you could be if you're a Republican. He doesn't hurt himself on that at all. So the bottom line is, here we go with another angle now, and this time it's kind of as I read this book, pushing aside certain elements of the Trump base and saying, you can't reach them. They are deplorable. They're evil. They're in it with them. And other elements that might be out there that are deciding back and forth that are evangelical to try to pull them away or other religious people who are not evangelical, Catholics, to harden them to say, no, we can't have Trump. It's been tried again and again and again with him, though, to pull away on this. And I just don't think you can shame people anymore. I think they're past it. I think they're on solid ground religiously. You're going to see 50 instances between now and Election Day of some minister somewhere, some evangelical group, or a book like this guy. You're going to see a lot of press on this coming up again try to lay this out against Trump, and they do it in a way that is not going to win hearts and minds of people that are evangelical. They've been through this. They've squared up what they believe. You have a better shot still, I think, the most reluctant Trump voter that they have a shot with that's going to be the tell on this in the swing states, like here, are these suburban Republican voters. Are they still going to say, no, I can't look in the mirror and vote for this guy? Or are they going to look at a binary choice of Trump and Biden and say, oh, my God, you know, this is just I have to vote and I have to vote for much better policies versus what we're going to get with Biden. That's the voter that I think they can still win the day on. But it is not like 2020 because now Trump has a track record, and so does Biden. Biden didn't have a presidential track record. 
and each day it gets more diminished. So how in the world are they going to keep those voters in the Biden camp? I don't think they're going to be able to do it in the end, but I think it's going to be close. And each day that goes by, we see more and more and more of this. But here we go again, another attempt to win over evangelical voters. All right, 855-839-1210, you get on board. If you are evangelical, does this come up? Do you expect ministers and others to bring it up? I mean, uh, people like Dolan, Cardinal Dolan in New York, we've talked about that again recently on the border, completely tone deaf, will beat up on people in New York and go after Trump. And they're just not going to listen to this guy. They're going to say, are you kidding me? How about tending toward Biden? Let's go to Mark in Conshohocken. Mark, you're on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Mark, afternoon. Hi, Dom. How are you guys doing? Uh, very well, Mark. Dom, this pastor or whoever this guy was who just wrote a book or something calling Donald Trump the Antichrist? Yes. Okay, he's got a hell of a nerve. Okay, people shouldn't be judging other people. Okay, I, I was married three times. Does that make me an Antichrist? Well, right. I mean, the, the very uh, judgment call here of going so far as the Antichrist flies in the face of what you think. And this guy is a big-time religious figure. You would think he violates the first tenement of going overboard on judgment. Sure. Exactly. And who who is he to judge anybody? That's horrible. So, excuse me, Mr. Pastor, so guess what? Thank God. Thank God that you were able to do all this. You know what I mean? Because... Sometimes people don't have good things going on in life, so you're going to crucify them for that? Thank you, Mark. Got a little bit of a bad connection there, but thank you. Yes, this has been tried again and again and again and again. I don't know. In, tw- yeah, in 2016, it was tried and was successful somewhat in Iowa. I wonder what that Vander Platt guy, the guy with the weird name and all, who endorsed DeSantis, I wonder how he's looking. He says he never loses in Iowa. And then this caucus stuff is funny business. Iowa is snowed under. Candidates can't get around, et cetera. But Trump dominating the news again today by being there at the uh, immunity case with the three-panel judge and then issuing a statement making case of why a president should have immunity. Um, you know, whether people agree with him fully about the immunity he's talking about or not, he's stealing the news cycle. Who knows when Nikki Haley and DeSantis are doing town hall, this, that, and the other. He is standing there on a huge issue, getting national attention. All right, Tom in Marlton. He's on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Tom, afternoon. Good afternoon, Dom and Dan. A little uh, raining pretty hard out right now. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, Tom, real quick. Uh, I was watching a couple shows the other day about uh, January the 6th, and isn't it funny how sometimes some of the shows, they forget to mention Trump said peacefully march down there. They they leave that out sometimes. Yeah, it uh, spoils the narrative, absolutely. And then their counter-narrative is, well, uh, Trump wanted to go there and stir people up themselves. Even people like uh, Mike Pence, who really was under the gun there at a certain point, said the other day, can we just see this? This was awful. 
but it was a riot. This is an insurrection. Absolutely. And um, I got a real quick story for you. I know it's kind of sad in a way, but uh, anyway, I'm out to eat the other night, and um, the couple sits down next to us with their two kids. Very nice. They don't really say much to each other. They get the menus. They order their food. And then they all four of them whip out their phones, and that was it. They didn't talk to each other the rest of the night. Yeah, that when you observe it, yeah. you see that, you think, man, what is that like day to day, you know, in the house together? Wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's un- uh, unbelievable where we're headed here. But anyway, I'm going to go with a true story, and um, I know he brought down a lot of people in the uh, Bonanno crime family was uh, – Don, um, Joey Patone and um, Donnie Brasco. Very good. Absolutely. That's a very good reel and also a film and everything attached with it. That's what we're looking for today. National Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. I'm not sure if it's a week or not, or that's in May, maybe. Or maybe that's for the fall. But today's a day that we honor law enforcement. Unique job in that, look, the military puts their life on the line, as law enforcement does. But the military... All but the squad and people like that don't go after the U.S. military routinely. Law enforcement, though, open season. Right now, though, Dan's got a special one today. It is time, Jim, for... It's Dobbs Money Melody. Where's all the money gone? All right, today we're playing for a pair of tickets to see um, comedian Jeff Dunham. Still not canceled tour on September 13th at the Ocean Casino <laughs> Resort Atlantic City. Oh, the name of it. Yes, that is a uh, great one, and this is a big-time act. Nice uh, facility. Uh, Big prize. Thank you, Walter Kosk. All right, Dan, what's the backstory? All right, Dom, so uh, we're going to actually talk about the day rather than the side question or Mr. Dunham, who's going to have a great show. But back on this day in 1955, this song was actually banned from stations owned by ABC because it did not reach the standards of good taste. But if I played the actual song, Dom, it might be too easy for the listeners. So uh, we were talking about uh, how we as conservatives allegedly want to cancel people who talk other languages. No, let's let's celebrate people who talk other languages. Let's uh, play some Chinese. We're going to play a Chinese version of this very famous song, Dom. And we just want to know the name of the song today, Dom. Another, again, I told you it was banned back in uh, 1955. It's a huge clue. But Dom, here you go. Take a listen. Tell me the name of the song. All right, hit us with the name of that song. That's what we're looking for. Should be easy. If you're a Mandarin or a Chinese speaker in general, (laughs) then you have a huge advantage today. Tomorrow, it will be in uh, ancient Slovakian. There you go, yeah. 855-839-1210. Hit us with that answer. Let's get a winner here and send you off to see Jeff Dunham. Dom Giordano Show, Talk Radio, 1210. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the Money Melody. Show me the money. All right, really big prize again today. Let's hear the song in Chinese, and you tell us what it is, and you are going off to see Jeff Dunham. Let's hear the song, Dan. My God, it's so easy. This is a layup today. <laughs> For you it is, yeah. Mr. Giordano. Let's go to uh, Jim in Overbrook. All right, Jim, waiting for the translation. What's the song? Yo, Jim. Jim. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Jim. What's the name Hello. of the song? Yes. Bombo Italiano. All right, nicely played, Jim. Uh, your Mandarin's very good. Put you on hold. And you will head off to see uh, comedian Jeff Dunham. Still not canceled tour. September 13th at Ocean Casino Resort, Atlantic City Ovation Hall. Pair of tickets. Uh, We've got to get that guy on to promote that. It's way out in advance, which tells you it's a big deal. That's uh, why that happened. So nicely played, uh, Jim. <laughs> we'll have a little bit You're more. You're a fandom? Oh, yeah. 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 I haven't yeah. seen him. Yeah, it's a 19th. Yeah, I haven't seen him live. No? No. Have you? Uh, uh, no, well, I haven't. And I, I think he has a special on Netflix. Uh, one, one of the networks I was watching recently, man, he is so good. And Ahmed the Dead Terrorist and Walter is an awesome character. Like, all his characters are just on point whenever he brings, brings them out. But uh, a little more on the, the, the clue today, Dom. 1955, on this day... Mambo Italiano, I didn't know this. Did you know this? Rosemary Clooney's song, aunt, she's the aunt of uh, George Clooney, if you didn't know. Uh, it was banned by the ABC-owned stations for being, uh, it did not reach the standards of good taste. I guess it was too sexual. Do you see that? And uh, did no, you ever know that? No, no. Rosemary Clooney yeah. was like, not uh, Sandra Day or, um, who's the other one? I mean, as far as wholesomeness. Uh, but, yeah, I don't see Rosemary Clooney coming anywhere near that. Wow. Strange thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's the winner today. We'll do it all again tomorrow. Now, Dave McCormick, when he was on uh, at 1.30 today, said something I just see on Twitter. Our buddy, um, Ethan K. Uh, the last name is just oh, so tired. I'm tired at the end of saying it. Has this up on Twitter, what's bubbling up around the presidential race. Dave McCormick said he was just from the farm show. And people there were saying... They don't expect their kids and certainly grandkids to reach the level that they did when you're talking about the American dream. The American dream essentially is you work hard, you're going to succeed, you're going to make it, maybe really make it. Now, I still believe in that, despite Biden. You know, I don't think it's a good thing to go around and saying, no, I'm not believing that. So if I were asked that question, on one hand, I'd be uh, concerned about the politics. Yes, it's true. Would Biden make it more difficult? Yet I I just can't give in on that. I think you can overcome Biden even. So Ethan breaks this down, and it's amazing the number of people, A, saying that now for themselves and certainly for their kids, and the number of people 
it's about 15%. He's got a chart up on Twitter who said that was never true. You know what? If you hold that point of view, with all due respect, I despise it. I just can't. I just couldn't be friends with, oh, no, that never existed. I got to be honest, Dan. I just couldn't, uh, you know, pretend and be, oh, that's great. Everybody has their different point of view. On that, I just, I just can't see it. That's ridiculous. Where's the evidence of that? That in America, by and large, if you make it, you succeed it, usually based on hard work. You could have been to the manner born to. We know all that. But by and large, people in the middle class, that's how they did it. I believe in that almost second to none. That, that's, that's as important to me as any patriotic value. How about you? And feel free, Dan. You can speak and say, no, I don't. I renounce you, sir. No, no, I, I completely agree with you here. It's like, like, like you look around and look at the successful businesses and where these people came from and time and time again. I, I mean, uh, Gordon Ramsay, Hell's Kitchen, the current season theme is yeah. uh, finding the American dream, living the American dream. Uh, like, it's still a very real thing that can be acquired by people. By Like, like why, why the hell would we have so many people coming to this country if you couldn't succeed on your own volition? Like, like why would we have our evidence, floods of right? migrants you come into the southern border if if they weren't trying to achieve the american dream so yeah you can still make it and you you look around the businesses you look at like uh, ethnic restaurants that succeed so well in philadelphia are oftentimes immigrants or people who had lesser means and made it on their own and built successful businesses yep 8558391210 so dave mccormick tells us that from the farm show which is i hear quite a spectacle you know you have that giant what is it? A giant cow made out of butter and uh, and stuff. It's, I've never been to it, but he really talked about how rural Pennsylvania is. Fifty three thousand uh, individual farms, et cetera. And he said there people are saying, yeah, American dream with Biden day. Eh, not a good thing to go around saying uh, challenged by this guy mightily without a doubt. But people are feeling this. And again, uh, the other thing from Dave McCormick, kind of revealing on the mail-in ballot thing. And I, I can just be the voice saying, this is not to my liking what's going on with mail-in ballot. This has to be not, well, once we get through the primary, no, 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 no. He did know, Dan, of Scott Presler. When I referenced Presler, he knew exactly who I was talking about. So I didn't say it publicly to him, but I want to say it privately when I see him. You know, let's get Scott Presler out there doing this. Let's see what he would he did do seem against a, Casey. I, I heard like an mm-hmm or some kind of yeah, a positive yeah. reception when yeah. he said his name. So yeah. Yeah, there was something there. I mean, we actually know what works, and we actually have guys like Ethan uh, and, and uh, Scott Presler. We actually have people that know how to do this. So then why is this, he said, uh, tossing and turning at night? It's a big concern. He's a real can-do guy, fabulously successful. What is, what is missing? Well, President Trump is one thing. You know, I realize he's uh, in court today, presidential immunity. He's got the Iowa caucus coming up, which is a, a crapshoot. And I'm sure Trump is thinking, look, I got a wild lead here in Iowa. But this caucus stuff is much different. This this state, I say it every four years, has too much to say. It's a goofy system. 
it's people that can't make up their minds. You need to go around to, they have like, it's not that big of a place. I've been there during, what is it, 97 counties you have to go to and say you went to them. It ought to change. Pennsylvania, places like that. It's laziness that we're not up there. I, I get Ethan's like point here, though. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's young people now with student loan debt and, and mm-hmm. crazy housing prices. It's very hard to achieve that uh, idea of a suburban home with a mm-hmm. wife, three kids, two cars. Uh, you know, just a standard lifestyle that was. So, so I get trying to drive sympathy with those types of voters. I, I think a lot of uh, young people happen to be moderates, too, so maybe that's where he's trying to drive with that. But I, I, I think you got to walk a thin line and that's recognize that the American yeah, the American dream is still indeed true and alive while also accepting that it's much harder to achieve for a lot of people and point to things like student loan debt and other things like that. Right. And you can't articulate that. You can say that, but I, yeah, I'm just not going to say it. Biden has killed the American dream. Biden is too adult, too stupid over the course of his whole career, et cetera, to kill anything as sacred as the American dream. We can beat him and also beat back the forces of progressives trying to kill the American dream. They want to figure out they don't like it. It's not equitable and all that. I just don't see articulating it in that manner. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's too self-fulfilling. It's so hard now. Given these headwinds, student loan debt, too, you're right, is a huge one. We got to encourage people to say that you still can do it, but we're going to make it a lot easier if we get progressives out of there. That's the way to approach this. Also, Republicans still not going after big college. To your point, Dan, let's not blame the people. Let's not go through all this you know, who got student loan debt. It's obnoxious to hear some people talk. Oh, well, I wanted to be an art history. I get all that. I get where the anger comes from. But the winning strategy is to put the blame where it really is on big college and the stranglehold it has on putting these exorbitant prices out there. And the fact that societally, we did send a message that in many fields, and this is changing. Sherelle Parker, I saw the other day, is knocking out the hundreds of different categories in Philadelphia and saying, you don't need a college degree to do these jobs. Let's stop it already with that. Even Josh Shapiro did that. Yeah. That's what Trump and others should be talking about. We're going to knock off all these categories to getting a college degree. You don't need it to do these jobs. And, and can I also suggest one other topic that yeah. I think would be very beneficial? they got to do a better job of looking at inflation from a relatable perspective. Like, like break down what it what it takes uh, in monthly bills for a standard human, say a mortgage, mm-hmm. an electrical right. bill, a gas bill, a water bill, groceries. If you combine it all, cost of living under Biden's got to be like double what it was under Trump. So why not just point that out and, and point to and, and again we we talk on the Dom show often about the causalities of the economy. Uh, get into that a little bit and. Stop acting like Americans are stupid and just want to base or vote based on emotionality. Let's talk about the issues a little bit and get into these economic issues instead of just saying the American dream is killed by the Biden administration. I, no, like yeah. th- there's more nuance to this and the American people are smart enough to understand it. Yeah, exactly. We point it out every day and we don't have all these geniuses running around being paid millions to do it. It demands discipline, though. And 
the way to beat an enemy is to see what is it that they don't want to talk about. And they definitely don't want to talk about inflation. They want to do anything they can. They're moving hell and earth behind, heaven and earth behind the scenes to try to figure out ways to blunt this, to flex, don't talk about it. Let's talk about this. Look how good the economy is. They know there's no getting around this, that you can't ignore it, that the average person experiences it. 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. Coming up, uh, we'll have some more on our Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. Hit us with that all-time cop. Uh, We haven't had any female ones yet, real or fictional. But first, let's remind you about Captain Chucky's. Need to get dinner on the table tonight? Well, need food for the week? Football viewing parties this weekend? Uh, Except if you're Miami or Kansas City and you don't have Peacock. But everybody else, I got to take some shots in here. Captain Chucky's is your answer. Remember to try Captain Chucky's brand new product, the Philly Famous Clams Casino. If you like this product, have heard about it a little bit, this is top of the line. I get great reports every week from uh, Flower Town when I go there about people and the Clams Casino. Perfect time, too, to check out all of Captain Chucky's offerings, delicious stuff, mushrooms, various salads. You'll save so much time. Letting the folks at Captain Chucky's prepare your table. Captain Chucky's has several choices of breaded, non-breaded crab cakes. Literally a crab cake for everybody. Dessert, soup, sides, appetizers. And they only use the highest quality ingredients. Or golf shrimp, a huge hit. It's always wild caught, never farm raised. My favorite, those delicious Dom Rolls. Visit Captain Chucky's today. There's a location near you. WeLoveCrabCakes.com. That will open up everything. That's we. Lovecrabcakes.com. You'll find out your nearest Captain Chuckies and all these great foods. We love crabcakes.com. All right, Dom time. The Inquirer, uh, Dan, has just dropped this uh, brilliant analysis of how conservative influencers, et cetera, and on Twitter were able to sink so quickly. And they, they, the whole thing suggests wrongly <laughs> the William Penn statue controversy. No, they, no, they didn't. They cite and they really go after and they call him local. I don't think Jack is in town. Jack uh, Prasobic, former uh, salesperson and did my show uh, when he was here is producing, etc. And he's got quite a following. <laughs> and they cite him. I don't know who else they cite here. Uh, and they talk about these unfortunate tweets. Well, they were just the... Um, what the proposal was. They're not unfortunate. This is what they wanted to do. They wanted to bump off William Penn. There's plenty of space there to put other elements of Native American history and then William Penn there and something you want to say about him. That's not what they chose to do. And this is a textbook case (laughs) of them not getting it, but also the National Park Service and the Interior Department, but Josh Shapiro getting it alerting the Biden people to stop this as quickly as possible. And it underlines the biggest lesson of all here, how important Pennsylvania is going to be in 2024. If this were after the election, I think it would have gone through and they probably would have pushed forward and done this and said to hell with you. But with the election on the horizon, Shapiro's thinking, are these people nuts don't they get it? We got to be undercover on this stuff. And you're fooling around with William Penn. I thought it should be even bigger. And I was only alerted to it by a listener who uh, DM me and, and told me about this. Then I saw it starting to 
blow up on Twitter on Saturday at some point, and I immediately thought, in Philadelphia, Penn? Yeah. This is uh, so it's a, dumb. It's, it's, it, this is proof that Philadelphia Inquirer writers no longer are Philadelphians. Uh, like Because everyone, it wasn't just conservatives, it was anyone from Philadelphia or the surrounding area, when they hear William Penn statue being forced to come down by national administration, it's thoughts are... Are you kidding me? This is the guy that looks over the entire city. This is the, the, the namesake of the entire state. It's uh, So I pulled up the writer for this. Uh, I don't want to give her name, but uh, the, the description for her. I cover trending national news, specializing in youth and Internet culture. I'm a recovering Florida girl on the hunt for the best Bialy in town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't even know what that word is. Sorry. Uh, I'm not sure. But that we may, it. may need a translation there. Oh, it's yeah. a Polish uh, bread roll. Look at this. Oh, I should know this. Oh, come on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Come over yeah. to this show, lady, and we'll have him here with Dan Borowski. <laughs> But again, trying to break this down and not understanding the significance, anybody, I mean, instantly when I saw it, the difference is it exposed how far this went. We're not dealing with Confederate generals. We're not even dealing with Frank Rizzo. Kate Smith uh, is huge because it's just a woman of just great talent and generosity, and the Flyers did it. But this is the federal government again putting Penn in the same class, allegedly, as the Confederate generals that they were going after. And this guy known, and they didn't even go after him, as far as I can tell, Dan, on the owning slaves thing. That wasn't it. They want to try to prove that it's a myth of his um, goodwill with the Native Americans and Indians. We even call it Penn Treaty. There's a park there, a neighborhood of sorts around her, Penn Treaty area. Still to this day in Philadelphia. And then they neglect to know what people are going to hear. They're not paying attention to this quite in the same way. They're going to hear, oh, they're really going to take down Billy Penn from on top of City Hall. Do you realize you'd have to contend with this? This is sort of in an out-of-the-way place, but it's still William Penn. And, of course, it's the name of a state. These are all much, much higher stakes. Why did they do it? History. Because they're out of control, because the woman that runs the Interior Department is Native American. This guy that does the Park Service, some news accounts said he says he's part Native American. And they just were bound and determined to say, no, William Penn is not what you think he is. Oblivious. And the entire coverage of this, to your point, is oblivious to what people here feel about this. And it's not that they're crazed over William Penn, but it's like taking a pillar out of the local mindset and the whole thing collapses. He's not beloved. He's not on the radar screen quite in that way, but it's the fabric of it. It's not like Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin's more beloved than William Penn, but it's the history. It's the DNA of Philadelphia. It's the DNA of Philadelphia. It's like, I, I don't know. Are you opposed to say say this group came in, they installed Native American statues, and next to the William Penn statue, they put a uh, a stone uh, sign that told about their no, their no. Uh, perspective. No, you don't want that. No, I'm fine with it. 
Oh, oh okay. I, I yeah, do yeah. that like, with anything where there's controversy. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, no. so, so if, if, they're controver- if they're, there's a controversy behind William Penn, leave it right. up. Let's learn from our history. It's very right. important that we keep our history as it is and we learn from it. And you put up a sign next to it that says, you know, there's a controversial relationship here between William Penn and the Indians. This is what some people have to say about it. And great, you don't have to take down the statue, and that's why you said yesterday, this is proof that this woman just wanted to make a big deal about this, wanted to make a political point, because she very well could have just kept that statue where it is. It's a large enough park to do so, put something next to it, there would have been no controversy whatsoever. In fact, I'd love to host the great debate there, William Penn, uh, you know, on either side, hearing this out. That's what you do. You You can sell this. You could get people to donate to refurbish it. No. We're going to inflict some cockamamie, I mean, all the evidence with William Penn. And, Dan, people should go to the uh, Faith and Freedom Discovery Museum over at Fifth and Market, right across from Independence Hall. People running that are some of the greatest folks I know. I've been honored to be there two times with them. We celebrated the birthday of William Penn with the William Penn impersonator, etc. And what they're trying to show is how faith, religion, is at the cornerstone of the country, and William Penn is the face of that. I don't think they necessarily were trying to take apart the religious part. I just think they're crazed on their agenda of Native Americans, and they can't have William Penn out there as a good guy in this field. And it plays into that word again we heard in Israel, colonizers, colonization. That's all that it's about. That's what they're going for. All right, so uh, we have the lightning round uh, coming up here at 855-839-1210. That's how you get in. Hit us with your all-time favorite real or fictional uh, law enforcement person as we celebrate that today on Talk Radio 1210. The time has come for the final test. Uh, We usually call it the lightning round. Law enforcement. Law enforcement appreciation day. Dom Giordano's show. It is real or fictional with that all-time law enforcement figure. Let's go to Jeff in Hatboro. Hey, Jeff, welcome in. Who do you have today? Hey, Dom, I have the famous Buford T. Justice, uh, Jackie Gleason uh, from Smokey and the Bandit. And a couple interesting facts for you real quick. Uh, along with the millions of car chases they had in the movie, uh, there were more cars destroyed in that movie than many movies today including the four specially built 1977 Trans Ams, all four that they built for the movie were destroyed. Whoops. Sorry about that. Thank you, Jeff. That's uh, great stuff. That's why I bring something <laughs> like to it. like his phone was destroyed, too. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. Bring something to it. That's good, Jeff. That's exact. That's it's a very a great, good great. I, I love uh, it. Got two back-to-back Exton callers here. Of course, the capital city of His Royal Highness, Joe of Exton. Hey, Joe. Afternoon. Who do you have? Uh, Yes. Hello, Dom, and good Tuesday. My favorite law official is Lynn Abraham. She always worked within the letter of the law, unlike Larry Krasner, who employs a laissez-faire attitude toward law enforcement. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely played. Lynn Abraham, there's a real figure, and that is law enforcement, not just cops, but uh, law enforcement. Uh, Very good one. Mike, who I think is a new caller, also in Exton. Mike, who's yours? Yes, good afternoon, guys. Uh, Mine's a a real agent. Uh, His name is Ed Morales. He was an FBI agent. 
He it was the agent that was uh, responsible for ending the uh, 1986 FBI Miami shootout. Uh, he won the Lawman of the Year. He won the uh, uh, FBI Medal of Valor. Uh, he was severely wounded in the fight. Uh, in fact, he had a 223 round that went up his left arm. And he uh, had to, uh, after he came, got his he cognizant again of what was really going on because he had a minor head wound, too. He literally pushed a flap of skin up on his head to keep the blood from in his eyes. Oh, he uh, wow. he uh, took his 12-gauge shotgun, and he couldn't operate it with two hands, so he had to put the butt of the gun on the ground, rack around into the chamber, and fire it. And uh, he fired uh, into the windshield. The two, the two creeps were... Uh, their, their car was hemmed in, so they were trying to get in an FBI car to still drive away, even after being wounded. Well, he was trying to stop them. And, uh, in fact, the one he saw the one walking toward the car. He laid the shotgun down sideways, fired under the car, and put a pumpkin ball through the guy's foot. And he stayed in the fight. So his last, wow. his last act was uh, these guys were still trying to get away. He stood up with his revolver, which FBI still carried a lot of revolvers in that day walked toward the car and fired his remaining rounds into the car and killed the two guys. And he was more scared because here's this bloody guy with no uniform yeah. walking toward an FBI car, shooting into an FBI car, and other law enforcement was responding. He was more scared that I'm going to get shot by other law enforcement now. Great contribution. Great one. But I want to wow. take a moment, too, to uh, recognize when I heard that story, Mike Chipwood, Dan, who didn't come up today, local Love him as law enforcement, the chief out there, former chief in Upper Darby. Uh, got time for maybe one more. Robert in Ben Salem. Who do you have, Robert? Hey, guys. Dan, $11,000 a year more for basics than it was in 2020. Start your commercial there. <laughs> anyway, my side answer is historical. Um, it was a guy named Bass, as in the fish, Reeves. Bass Reeves. He was the first black Deputy Marshal west of the Mississippi, a former slave, worked mostly in the Indian Territory, brought in over 2,800 felons, the last of which being his own son for murder. That's how what kind of code this guy had. And because of his service, his son got 11 years and led a model life afterwards. But I encourage people to Google this guy because he was amazing. Never wounded despite having his hat and his, hat and his gun belt shot off. Truly amazing oh, guy. You guys have a great day, man. Thank you, boy. What people bring to this, Dan. I wanted to add one more there. I've interviewed him three or four times. Not as, you know, colorful as that, but he's a colorful guy. Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh. For law enforcement. My God. <laughs> All right, Dan, we got some great ones here at the end, and they really came prepared with a lot on yeah. their choice for National Law Enforcement Day. Give us some candidates. Well, first off, Joe's going to watch out. Mike and Exton might take the uh, yes. crown for caller. Exton, that, huge that Ed, Right, we're big. Ed Morales was a huge, a great call, a great backstory there. Robert and Ben Salem with Bass Reeves, very similar with a great, great, yeah. great backstory. I like Joe Exton's too, though. Lynn Abraham uh, round out the real-life uh, officers. But uh, Paul, pretty early on the show, Lone Ranger and Tonto, a pretty big name, and uh, Bullet. What Steve right. McQueen also said That's early on, but I, these last callers, man, yeah, that's exactly I, what we want out of the side question. So yeah. I, I'm leaning definitely towards them. Yeah, I'm leaning toward Mike and Exton. Love Mike and Exton in the hat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the guy you want on your side. Uh, so 
Oh, boy. That's that's from The Untouchables, Jim. Yeah. That's right. I was saving that one up for a while. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I was playing a few rarities. That that's you really... a scene when uh, they're chasing Frank, the Frank Nitty character uh, yep. on the uh, roof. And uh-huh. the line is, when Nitty gets pushed off the roof, yeah, he's waiting in the car. All right, so... Uh, Good stuff here. Mike, you're the winner. We'll put your name into the hat. We'll get through this rain and reconvene tomorrow. We'll see if Maisie has taken the furniture in or Dan taking it in. Not Already sure. done. Uh, I'm not sure if Rose lifting that furniture up. If she chooses to, I'm sure she could probably bench press it over her head. All right. Uh, Richie always next. to Keep it going here. Four big hours with Rich. Follow me on Twitter at DomShow1210 at DomShow1210. And thank you to everybody in law enforcement, Lynn Abraham, too, of course, who protect us every day. And Larry Krasner, wherever you are, the game is still on. Here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3, from Talk Radio 1210, WPHT.